My name is Samus Aaron. It's been ten years since I destroyed Mother Brain and left the space pirate stronghold in ruins. I recently intercepted a distress signal from a remote space pirate frigate. Upon investigating the source, I've discovered what they were researching and how they met their fate. A radioactive substance, known as Phazon, has mutated or killed all remaining entities on Talon IV. And at the heart of it all is the result of extreme Phazon mutation. Metroid Prime Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. Where else, Jared and that's Patrick. What's up? That's the sound guy, Joe. In space. In March 1994, one of the best video games of all time released. And that is Super Metroid. I really thought you were about to like do like a bait and switch there. It would have been a perfect moment. <laughs> that game, Pong. Super Metroid solidified the idea of what a Metroidvania is. Is solidified the formula of Metroid games, and that's only the third game in the series. Okay, eight long years later, we get something that nobody thought we were gonna get. And that is Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime is the first step for Metroid to be in 3D. It came out in the GameCube in 2002. And it has sparked a trilogy, a saga now, that is one of the best in video game history. So today we're talking about Metroid Prime. This is my birthday episode, and uh, the Metroid Prime remastered came out on the Switch uh, not too long ago for us. Uh, of course, a while ago for you guys at home, and this just reignited my love for the Prime uh, series. And I've only ever had uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy on the Wii slash the Wii U, and I've only ever played the first game, and not until like few months ago i actually beat the first game and now the remastered came out and man let me tell you it is beautiful it is I've, i mentioned this in a uh delta episode before but it looks so good i love it man when, love it when gamecube games get that get that modern polish right and man and Metroid Prime deserves it. And like I said in the Delta, I think this is the first steps in having the entire trilogy on the Switch eventually remastered and up until when 4 comes out. Yeah, and, and I mentioned in that Delta how I feel this is Nintendo's indirect way of saying, we're working on Prime 4. Yeah, <laughs> it's still going on. I mean, actually, twelve days ago, less than 12 days ago, or more around 12 days ago of recording, uh, they've actually uh, announced that, hey, don't worry, we're still working on Metroid Prime 4. It's okay. It's it's going good. So, like, this there's is, still confirmation. This is the same, like, around the same amount of development time right now that they're doing for Elder Scrolls Six, the <laughs> Skyrim sequel. So, like, either they're not working at it at all and just saying they're working on it, which I don't think so now that we have this yeah. remaster, or... Because like we haven't got anything for Elder Scrolls Six, but uh, like seeing these little things kind of hints at me like, oh, they're working on something big, yeah. Because that other project has been working on for years, and we haven't seen anything. So, which we knew it was going to be big, but it, at Metroid Prime Four, we didn't think it was going to be big. We just thought it was going to be a next Prime series game. Yep. But there's taking so long to make this thing that I'm almost like. But see, I think the Metroid Prime series is big. Regardless, as like as a whole, I mean, look how much uh, commotion the remastered uh, caused, you know, and it's and we're still feeling the aftershocks of that, you know. It's still it's a huge deal because of how well loved this series is. I mean, uh, Metroid is not a well known video game series, but it is a pillar of Nintendo's uh, IPs. Probably it's also like, the pillar of a genre. It, yeah, it, Metroidvanias. That's literally the first half of it. <laughs> and later on, Symphony of the Night for Castlevania came out. That's where we got the two, and those two solidified a whole genre. And here, for Prime, it's different because it's 3D. 
How does that work? Well, we have it in Prime, and there's it's it's per it's an, it's a near perfect game. It's a near perfect game. It is it is a game that shows the potential of a Metroidvania in a 3D space. Would not call it a near perfect game. No, look, I say near perfect because the only thing that I am not fond of, at least in the first game, is um the. I'm not going to say backtracking necessarily because that's part of a Metroid game, but it's it's not fun going in between going through uh, areas for um, collecting items and stuff and just like getting to another end of the of the world for a reason because it's slower. You know, Metroid 2D Metroid games have this fluidity and speed to it, and especially with the screw attack where you can just mow down enemies. Like, for a completionist, cleanup is one of the most fun times in a 2D Metro game because you can just speed through everything and kill everything with the screw attack. In the Prime game, you can't do that. Yes, we have the screw attack in Prime 2 and 3, but they don't. It doesn't work the same Traversal as it does in a two D game. Slower in general. It's it's slow. Game. It's Samus, a slower. Samus definitely game. doesn't feel fast. No, not at all. It and doesn't help when you have to. You don't have a sprint, and you're no. just walking from one side of the map to the other every now and then. There's no the shine spark or anything. You know, the closest thing is the boost ball, but like that's not always fun to use. You know, uh, but like that's like my biggest grape about the series is just it's. As a completionist, it's not fun going back, backtracking because it's, in, it's just it's a mode, chore. In photo mode, where you scan things, so the, even the most random walls are scannable. So one of the biggest, I'm glad you brought it up. One of the biggest draw points of the Prime series is the sense of immersion, right? So one of the biggest uh, points of the game is not only you get to step into. The, the helmet, the, the visor of Samus. You are her. But this Wiimote, right? This becomes... Careful. Whoa, man. <laughs> this, man, okay? You are holding the arm cannon in the game. Bro, this bro. Bro. Watch, watch where you're pointing is that your thing. Controller. Discipline. Bro, why are you pointing that at him? <laughs> what? No, but like, seriously, this is your arm cannon. One of the best ways to play Metroid Prime, the trilogy, is on the Wii, is with the Wii controls because you don't have the clunkiness of the GameCube uh, controller. Just, you know, you're only pointing straight, right? You're only pointing straight and you can hardly like look up and down because you got to stop and lock on and then, you know, then move. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's clunky. It's, it's weird. It's, uh, it's shooting mechanics made by a company that doesn't make shooters. Yes. Now, yes, this is a first-person shooter, but it's not a first-person shooter in like the Call of Duty it's aspect. A is a shooter platformer. It's a shoot action shooter platformer. Sure, yeah. I I think at the same time, like it's not a shooter in your conventional sense, but it did add some stuff that like uh show like was different to the shooter genre that added some appeal. Mm. Like the fact that the combat was less focused on hitting your targets because you have a lock on that doesn't matter, but it's more focused on movement, dodging attacks, sure. and mo moving around the map for different reasons. Uh, it, it's it showed that. It showed a little, showed everyone that like a shooter doesn't have to be uh, aim and shoot. Yeah. Uh, but rather it can be like aim is done for you, focus more on your movement, or it just showed that like there's not one set way to do a shooter. Yeah. And if you don't want it to automatically lock on and like the, the, the cannon is stuck to the target, you can turn on free aim and just like try to do it yourself, but it's still locked on. So you're always facing the target, but you know, you can just still move the reticle and stuff. And I think that's freaking brilliant. Man, um, as Metroid games do, all the Prime games give off the same vibe as a Metroid game does. is the anxiety, the loneliness, the dread at some points, even less so in 3, because it's more populated, which is actually something I kind of like. But going through um, the Talon 4 overworld, going through Aether and Dark Aether, it's, it's, you're still alone. You're still like feeling the atmosphere change as you go through, and it's it's still Metroid. It still feels like a Metroid game, and yeah, I mean, that's that's like one of the biggest points of playing these games. It's for this feeling of you are alone, isolated, 
and you can just take your time, get lost in an alien world. And and Metroid Prime I think, trilogy does it well. I think nothing does it better in that game than the music score to really nail oh in that effect. God. The the music in this game is like your generic like space sci-fi uh, op. Like you can kind of draw a lot of similarities to just other. Uh, like I remember listening to the Metroid theme and I almost briefly confused it with the Rick and Morty theme sure. just because it's it's a similar sort of like long synthy notes to it um, but like all the music in this game is like well it has that like these the long synthy notes that are so iconic to space media mm-hmm. uh, it also has this sort of like darker element to it in a mm. lot of the music combat it's um it's it's there's an intensity to this like be careful it's dangerous i um, absolutely hate the in a good way i hate in a good way the fighting like space pirate fighting music it it really like makes me anxious you know it's like the, the high pitch sounds me. and stuff yeah. oh. The one that caught my attention the most was the uh, Parasite Queen boss music. Oh my god! Um, yeah, <laughs> the, it's so like high intensity, yet still has that like space vibe yeah. aspect to it. But then like the the exploration theme sometimes, where it's just like faint quiet noises. Or uh, one of my favorites is like a like a uh, I forget where it plays, but it's like a synthy sort of organ. Almost that plays in the. Do you remember the area? What it looks like? No, uh, it's I don't remember the area. It's here. I can pull it up. Is it ice? Is it lava? Is it uh, ruins? Well, I, I was just Grass, listen, I was listening to the ruins. OST like full so I can right. get an idea. Oh, okay, of okay. The forget Orpheon music. Oh my god! Yeah, it's this like there's this like almost organ like instrument, uh, but it's not an organ. But it's like organ like, and then just the uh, if you've heard like the way organs are played in like creepy things, mm-hmm. the like a creepy organ does everything you need to sell creepy. And this is the first level of the game. This, this is, is the, the tutorial first, level. Yeah, this is this is right <laughs> at the beginning that it's like, oh, you're alone. It's yeah. kind of spooky. You got to be careful. But mm-hmm. also like, what's going on here? There's like this mystery to the music. Yeah. There's this suspense to the music. It's and it doesn't stray away from like the the space themes you would expect to have in the music. It's 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 perfect in my opinion yeah. for for this type of game. Even even like in the other areas in Metroid Prime One, Fendrana drifts the ice location. Oh my god! It's there's like a sense of serenity and it's like kind of calming too in a weird way because it's. There's nothing calm about the Fendrana drifts at all, but like <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of a weird like. Well, ice levels always have. I feel that's like true. Nintendo has like uh, a set <laughs> ice level vibe. You're right. That they go for every like ice levels in Mario, ice Maybe levels right. in uh, Zelda. They're always like this like fun little like we're having a great time. <laughs> it's snowing. And then, like shifting to Magmore Cav- Magmore Caverns, it's probably my favorite uh, music in the game. I love the music. I hate the place. Really, it's very like straightforward. Really, um, my issue with it is that it basically entirely serves as uh, a junction, a, a, just like between places. Yeah, like you're not. Magmore Caverns or Magmore whatever could be removed from the game and not do a lot to change the game. Mm. Um, And uh, a lot of the talk points I'll make for Magmore as well as some other gameplay things. uh, A lot reflected from a Game Maker's Toolkit video or just Game Maker's Toolkit. If you want to see a lot about the Metroid Prime series covered in like I think we watched the same video. Yeah, in a critical way, watch Mm -hmm. the Game Maker's Toolkit because I think he really nails in the the things that they missed uh, that they could have done better while also still not dunking mm-hmm. on the game. 
Uh, it's an amazing game, but there's definitely, like you were saying earlier, or, or that I was trying to say earlier, where like there's just, you could tell there are places where there were like gaps or like needs for improvement yeah. that they did fix in later as iterations went by. Like the backtracking we were complaining God. about. Yeah, it's not the, fun. It's not fun, but at the same time, the second game mostly deals with that. Yeah, you, you they way. take they take a more Zelda dungeon approach. Yeah, the second game. Uh, it has a benefit of having two worlds, you know, like very Zelda e a dark world, light world, and it's there's more of a hub with the um the, the, the great temple or but whatever, and it's, it separates. It's more so that every area you're in, mm-hmm. when you're done there, you don't have to come back with a few with two exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have uh, with uh, only like two exceptions. You don't have <laughs> to come back to that place. You can come back if you want. Uh, missile tank up or missile upgrades yeah, for, the, and, for the upgrades uh, and whatever, but those are optional. Yeah. Um. You in general, when you leave a place, you don't have to worry about remembering that whole place because a bit. The funnest part about Metroidvanias is finding an ability or an item or an upgrade yep. that unlocks your ability to access other areas. Yep. That's the whole appeal of the genre. It's like go here, do the puzzle to grab the thing. To go here, do the puzzle, grab the thing. The problem with the earlier Metroidvanias that they started fixing over time is just, one, the backtracking. You have to go, you find a thing, and then you remember, oh, I know where I need to use that. Yeah. It's 10 minutes away, uh, and you have to just spend that whole time walking back. Um, but then there's also the, like, sometimes you'll get an item upgrade, and you have no idea what that That's does. That's so real. Especially the, the the beam upgrades, the blaster upgrades. Like, like the different colors? Yeah, it's just, just colored doors. And yeah. then there's no like, ah, yes, I remember where that blue door was or that white door was. It's just uh, there are white doors. I have to, where are they? You I open, open up, up, up my map, map and, and check. And it's not seamless to where you just go, oh, oh, that's the thing that does the thing. Where like some of the other upgrades, like the gravity suit goes, hey, you now can Now you ju- can go you, into the sunken frigate. Uh, yeah, you can jump in water now. And they're like, oh yeah yeah yeah, the frigate i know oh my gosh and it's like that that's the feeling that you want to get out of a metroidvania and Mm. then also to have it be that and then you know straight where you need to go and you don't need to worry about coming back or like going uh i really like how they the series kind of improved on itself in that way for sure these problems are very abundant in the first game they are less abundant in the second game and i think they mostly fix a lot of these problems in the third game i oh in the third game i yeah i can see how they how yes i can see what you mean but i think what's lost i think it's a it's a give and lose or whatever the the third game feels very um linear linear you know they're all linear though they it doesn't seem linear because you're going from place to place but there's only one option to continue the story forward right i mean it's great i love three because you get to experience more of the metroid universe it's more populated which is it's a a give and take type of thing because you're supposed to be alone but there's but it's cool to see other people in the galactic federation other than other m i like other m anyways um but i just feel like when you get to another planet you have like the option of going here, here, or here, three places maybe. And they're all like a straight path. And then you come back, go to another place, straight path, come back, another place, straight path. And then maybe you have to go re- retrace your steps one or f- two times. Well, like they, but the story only continues per upgrade, right? Yes. And there's a linear way to get the upgrades you need. And you can't get one, most of the upgrades, you can't get one before the other. Yeah. You're, um, you're right. The, there is a non-linear sense of this game, which is, uh, I don't know if the second game does, or second and third games do the mechanic, I forget, but the the, the relics that you need to finish the game. Oh the, my God. It, it's a non-linear thing. At the same time, most of them are only unlockable once towards you have the, end. The, uh, the upgrades towards the end. So yes. it's essentially, it really isn't. It's, it's a last final, like, victory lap around Talon 4 or... The, ether dark ether you know yeah you're right it's not the greatest um in my remaster playthrough it was kind of easier for me because i just kind of remembered after a point uh but like i remember first time playing through i'm like i don't know where to find this thing and it's a huge pace change because you reach the end of the story you're like all right time to go or run around the map yeah right and like after you have every single power up um and, but like you're not fully stocked on like energy tanks and missile tanks, 
this can give you that opportunity to like go back, find the Chozo relics and find the rest of your upgrades if you want. But like that's that's like double duty, which that which is the part that I don't like. Uh, in in Prime Two Echoes, I think it's worse because um, after you get the light suits, you have to search um, the entirety of Dark Ether again. Oh, Dark and Light for Ether. the nine. That section keys. of the game is just well. Bad. Well, hold on. Oh, I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I think didn't it's, like it. I think it's hard. I didn't like it. It just didn't. It wasn't fun. I, <laughs> I hate being in dark ether, but I think that's the point. Like the point of dark ether is being like, hey, the very air is so toxic. You're getting damage done constantly. So there's the anxiety. There's the dread. There's like the fight or flight reaction. You know, there's the worry of like, especially in boss fights. Oh my god, I hated the Chica boss fight because of that freaking reason. Well, but like after you overcome it, it's like, oh my god, a- after you after you get back to the light world, you're like, oh my god, I just Careful. finished I just yeah, finished dude. a marathon of like almost dying like god. And when you get the light suit, it's a big F you. I mean, Dark I Ether. wish I was feeling that way. But I wasn't. I was just <laughs> I, I was just feeling like, oh, let's just get through this. Oh, let's just get through this. Oh, let's just get through this. Every there was a point, point in that area. There was a point when I was playing two that I like stopped for years. And I and not until recently I jumped back in to beat it for this episode. And um I was like, oh my god, I forgot how much I hated Dark Ether. <laughs> it, it, I just don't think it's so I think that's the point in a way, but like maybe but it's, it's a weird thing. But at the same time, like it's something that like I think they realize because we don't experience a dark ether type bad time in the third game. Yes, but we get something else. It's the phase on uh, corruption. But the phase on is Samus. in all the games. No, or, no. Oh, not the corruption of Samus. Yeah, yeah. When she gets a PED suit, when when she gets to enter hyper mode, uh, she can produce the, the the lore of it. She gets to produce phase on because she got infected by dark Samus. And she can inject an energy tank, meaning she takes her own life and uses it as ammo. And the more you use it, the more corrupted you get and the higher chances of you dying increases. Like, what? The more I use this super cool ability, the the easier it is for me to die. And there's so many enemies that you got to use the the hyper beam, the phase on beam to kill. And like, oh, my God, it's insane. But I don't know. it's, It's a weird give and take when it comes to a lot like the concepts of all these things of the dark ether and uh the corruption part for three is very very cool but like i don't i don't know how else you would balance it i think like the main thing that i hate is the dark ether thing i just wish you get the light suit sooner i just wish the (laughs) that that section of the game just had some like was i don't know how to I'm not a game dev. I can't sure. tell you how. I just wish it was more fun. I I get um, it because like so, uh, like he- heavily difficult parts of like difficult parts of a game with uh like that really try your mechanics and all, all of that. Yeah, I love that stuff. I mean, I'm playing Elden Ring right now. I know what that <laughs> it means and how the yeah. feeling that you get when you have those experiences. But I didn't feel that with Prime because it wasn't hard. It was just. Tedious? Uh, tedious. I think that's a good word for yeah. it. Yeah. I remember I was fighting the big worm enemy uh, for two, and there are certain light orb spots, like only three in the entire arena. It was huge. And you just got to, like, stay in there for the entire time it's and also just shoot. Game, yeah, like, it's that's also not a game great. so built on movement. Yeah. That's like, right? hey, we have this game is a shooter <laughs> built on movement. Stand in this spot and shoot at the guy. Like, no, I want to. I want to dodge. It makes it hard. Like the Chica fight, it has two stages. One is where like the thing is like a water thing, and then when it's a giant butterfly, and you only have like three small platforms that you got to grapple beam like to jump over and stuff. It is so tough because this this thing keeps knocking you out of these light orbs and into like the poison water and stuff, and it's like one of the worst boss fights i've had to fight and like worse as in it was really hard and it was just annoying yeah you know 
Um, uh, I, th- I think uh, Nintendo's gotten better with this kind of stuff, so yeah. I don't think it's entirely true. It is more of like an old game kind of thing to where sometimes, sure. sometimes a boss, they focus more on the mechanic than the experience. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, oh, you grapple beam between platforms. Isn't that cool? Well, no, because <laughs> I'm now having to focus on grapple beaming between platforms. Yeah. Uh, getting knocked off. Um, but I, I do think we've been knocking on the game for a bit now, mm-hmm. but it's important to note that one, it's the all of these games are still a good time. They're amazing. The exception of the uh, the first game for me, okay. just because I get really unimmersed and bored, bored with <laughs> backtracking. Yeah. Um, I fall in prey to that too. Yeah. So, but like, it's not, if you played it in, what was it, 2002? So, yeah. Okay. I think that's a good way to segment into my thoughts on the game. I think that Metroid Prime is an exceptionally standout game in having people love it and have its standout fans that will go to the moon for this game of the series of games. However, that doesn't take away from what they are at their core. The most successful and most well-loved of all time, Halo clones. <laughs> okay, I will not Metroid, go that far. Metroid Prime not released one year and three days after Met- after Halo Combat Evolved. Okay, Metroid okay. Prime Two came out six days before Halo Two. Okay, and Metroid Three came out um, one month before Halo Three. Okay, but. Sure, Me- you can the try combat to- loop between Halo t- CE and Halo and uh, Metroid Prime is very similar in the sense that you are a fast, you're faster than your opponents, and you can dodge their bullets pretty quickly. They're plasma shots, if you will. And Metroid Prime introduced platforming, which I'm not a fan of in shooters. Like the most recent platform shooter I played was High on Life. It's just not for me. You know but, what I'm saying? I mean, I platform, think, platforming isn't like a, I think a mechanic of the, uh, the Metroid Prime games. Nobody plays a Metroid, but I don't even think you would call a Metroid Prime game a platformer. See, here, I think here's the misconception. It's, I think the misconception here is the fact that it's a first-person shooter, and a lot of people immediately, like, when, they, when you hear first-person shooter, the first thing you think of is Halo. It's Call, call of, of Duties, Duties, right? Jinx. People have this misconception of the Prime series as being first-person shooter. Like, that's the first thing about it. It's not. No, definitely not. What it is about is the Metroidvania concept of exploration, finding items and upgrades, and, yes, platforming. It is a whole different experience playing yes. both these games. Because while they may have been uh, released in a similar time to compete with each other, you will not play Metroid and play Halo and say these are the same game. Yeah. The, You're not going to get, get the same satisfaction. Definitely inspiration. Inspira- inspirations, I can imagine, but I don't think that's a, that's a harmful thing at all. Like, yeah. Every I, game takes inspiration from every other game. You know, I, like I mean, whatever. And if I were making a like space Metroidvania and I saw this really popular space shooter with some right. mechanic that I thought was interesting. Like, is it, it's not entirely but, wrong but, to be like, that's interesting. But I have nowhere. a game that's similar. Let me try to borrow or implement or change and uh, bring in my own way this mechanic to my game. But Metroid Prime and Halo, respectively, their combat systems are nowhere near similar. I They're disagree. Beca- no, because with Halo, Halo, I'm sure, gets... Like in development, they probably focus on the shooting aspect first, and maybe that the exploration or the, or the world building or whatever, right? With with Halo, with Call of Duty, with all these games, these are being thought of as like here's this person holding this weapon, and they can just exchange it for other weapons or whatever, right? With Metroid Prime, this is all you get. But it has different modes. It I, has I different beams that does different things, different elemental things. I don't think that's... But that's not the aspect of what the games are trying to achieve. Halo shooting, that's all you do. With this, this has other functions with the scanning, with the, all the different visors, you know? You, I think you're getting at the point, but just in a more di- indirect way. Okay. Where essentially, uh, with a Metroidvania and, and a Halo, you're looking at just two different gameplay approaches styles and experiences halo you're focused on taking on the enemy that's the big essence of the game metroid is not at all about taking on an enemy you have enemies in the thing but they're more so just obstacles in your way of progressing through the area um it's uh when you hop into a halo 
single player campaign, you're given a storyline that's focused on a war. Yeah. Uh, if I'm Action first. In most cases. Um, whereas with Metroidvania, uh, with Metroid Prime and other Metroid games, there's this focus more on finding things mm-hmm. exploration Ex- not not even exploration just like you know you, you know you need a thing yeah to continue on your journey the only way you can do that is by finding the thing so you got to look for it part of that is exploration part of that is problem solving puzzle puzzle solving here's a here's a door that has a red seal on it you need missiles to progress through that door then you got to go find some missiles and then you get the missiles you come back blast through that door halo you're going straight. You need, a, you need to go through a door. Yeah, but if you need to go through a door, you're going through that door. Yeah, Halo. yeah. There's no, there's no. I sorry, I need to go back over there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to find another weapon to progress normally, you know. And the Halo is more fast paced. This is more take your time, learn, explore, find what you got to do. You're not gonna play both games and feel the exact same thing you do after. Does that I make think, sense? I think. You're focused more on the later Halos 2 and onwards. I think Halo CE and Metroid Prime are very, very similar. Not that that's a bad thing. Okay. You love that game, and a lot of other people do. I think Halo mm-hmm. CE does ex- reward exploration. You're not going on a linear path. Assault you don't on get a control any... room. What do you get for exploring? Power-ups. Like what? Overshield or invisibility. Or sometimes, sometimes rocket launchers. Well, those are temporary. Not not if you're smart like I am. Okay. But like, <laughs> really, they're temporary. They're not a permanent thing. Like, once you get the Morph Ball, you can turn into the Morph Ball anytime and you want. Which is the, a little goofy. the things that you discover aren't tools that you need to continue forward. Yeah. They'd be helpful. Yeah, they're helpful. They're, they're helpful it's, to get you through the situation. That's like, it. Like I was sure. saying earlier, it's just different focuses you the experience you're saying you, you it might not feel the same for, uh, it didn't feel the same for you it might right. not, it might feel very similar for some people but the the experience for for prime and other metroidvanias is not focused on combat it's no. fo- uh, combat is a part of it but it's focused on traversal and problem solving um the for halo rather it's the opposite you're not doing a lot of traversal and problem solving or at least that's not what you're actively thinking about you're thinking about combat um it's it's i would love a game that kind of blends both of those to where you have like a combat of halo with a uh traversal slash uh problem solving of a prime but those are two different games two different aspects right now the closest uh metroid's ever gone to that is the opening of prime three uh, where not only you're um, in the Galactic Federation ship uh, being ambushed by space pirates, but you go down to like Norian, I think the planet's called, and it's like a giant battlefield and stuff. And you got to like uh, do these things while fighting enemies and there's like other troopers and stuff around you. That's really cool. Like that's an awesome action-packed opening prologue probably, for a Metro Probably game. feels a little bit like a Halo campaign too. I would, I, would, I would totally agree. Yeah, for sure. But like after that, after like that action-packed opening, we get we we settle down. You go back you to that simmer. slower pace of the <laughs> yeah. game, yeah. Because like what you said this way earlier in the yeah, episode, yeah. Uh, I think it was one of the first points we brought up. Mm. It's a slow Metroid Prime it's is a slow, a slow game series. Like it is, you aren't rushing through Prime unless you're a speedrunner. Yeah, um, and those things are crazy. Too. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, we could talk about every single episode based off a game you're we right. talk about. We'll take another <laughs> half an hour if we talk about the speedrun side of it. Um, but, I just think it's. Uh, I mean, I, I I see your points, but yeah. I still think they're they're similar. If they weren't similar, then they weren't be competitors. And if they weren't competitors, they wouldn't have released no more than thirty days apart from each other, aside from their initial yeah. first game. Well, mm-hmm. Nintendo and uh, Microsoft are competitors in the space anyway. Yeah, if, we're, if, normally if you're uh, were, but also kind of still are. You're in right. the video game industry. You're competitors. Um, n- so. In essence, you kind of need that competition. Nintendo can't just let Halo win, if that, like to just let them have that market share during that time. Rather, they want a little bit of that juicy sci-fi money, so they're gonna put out their sci-fi game. Are they s- similar? Sure, but definitely not what you're saying earlier. To where uh, Prime is a Halo clone. Um, it's that I feel like is a bit of a stress, especially considering the source material of the Metroid games beforehand, yeah, the 2D right? games. Like, if anything, it's a 3D clone of the 2D games that came before it. Yeah, and that's like the exact 
thing about it. Like this is supposed to Metroid Prime One. It's supposed to be uh, uh, Super Metroid, but 3D. You know, it's not the same that's, location, that's but the that's the vibe. That's the vision. Yeah, uh, and you know, there are rough spots but like that's with any game series from the transition from 2d to 3d zelda has their rough patches too Six mario, mario 64, 64 is hailed as an amazing game but those camera <laughs> man, that camera man it has its problems it I, has its problems i have gotten like at gamer rage over mario 64 yeah and i'm really glad we didn't get a metro game for the 64 it was planned but like it was scrapped. oh that would have been bad i know have you seen like the the Star Fox game for the sixty four? Yeah, Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, bro, you mean? It's, it, it ain't great. It ain't great. <laughs> but like, it's hailed as one of the greatest Star Fox games. Period. It's like it's that's what made Star Fox so popular. Because yeah, whenever you're looking at a game, it's always important to look at the, the time, the time that it came out. <laughs> These Prime games, they have a lot of issues, like we were talking about. But at at the time they came out, oh these same God. issues were just commonplace in a lot of the industry. Yeah. To, it was not it. It was not uncommon at all to be playing a Metroidvania and have to backtrack for five minutes. Yeah. That, like that was just kind of the acceptable thing at the time. That's the kind of game it is. We've gotten better at making Metroidvanias, which yeah. is why we look at it now and we're like, "Wow, that was bad." But at the time, that was the experience. And I still think Prime with the remastered holds up. You know, like not fundamentally, not much has changed. The graphics look amazing, but there are um, quality of life improvements. Like <clears throat> since you're using the Switch Joy-Cons, excuse me, you get to choose between either using like Wii motion uh, tactics or like GameCube controls. And like the D-pad on the left lets you easily switch between visors and like the right stick uh, for the right Joy-Con, lets you switch between uh, beams so easily, and I love that so much. And you get to see, like, like let's say you're holding uh, the charge shot for the ice beam, you get to see your arm cannon freeze up and stuff. It's so cool. Like, those little attention to details, even when, like, a, a blast happens close up to Samus. You can see her eyes and the reflection of yeah, the how visor. Yeah, think about that? I think it's cool. It's a nice <laughs> it's attention a to detail. It, that does sound a little it's a little it, it might not look perfect <laughs> but i love that retro and nintendo put put enough attention to detail to make that happen well those details i think are a bit for some reason or other nintendo finds those to be extremely important because mm -hmm. we saw this with dread everybody oh what the, the hypest people got about dread wasn't because of a new metroid game surprisingly enough but people were astonished with all of these small details that were in yeah. dread you run a you run up to a wall Samus just puts her hand on the wall. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's something so minor. If you're, but that took an animator to do. Well, that took a, like probably some coding as well as uh, a little bit. Uh, it takes a lot of work just to have that guy put his hand there when if, he when Samus like crouches by a wall, she'll like lean up against the wall or whatever. If there's like a little like elevation while she's like running forward, she just like hops over it yeah, and she keeps just going. automatically <laughs> just climbs up. Like it's the, so nice. These are things that like they aren't needed no, at, not all. at all. But like it, it's just it's nice a to touch see. that makes the game like feel right without like the player actually realizing it yeah so where these things like you notice them because you're a big metroid fan you yeah. you grew up without these things so now you see these things and you're like wow that's so cool um but these things aren't meant to be noticed by the player they're mm -hmm. meant to be subtle things that just help the player get immersed mm -hmm. to where when these things happen you aren't go maybe the visor thing is a little goofy and might pull you out of the immersion <laughs> but but all the rest of the experience you you're just like you don't notice you finish playing the game and you're like wow that game was really immersive yeah you don't know how or for most people wouldn't know how unless they like sat down and were like oh there's this small detail there's that small detail um but for the most part like the, this is something i think nintendo has gone big on yeah it's the, it's the, a small things that the, count the small little immersion yeah, yeah. Like auto save yeah what do you mean is there is, does the prime remastered have auto save no it does not yeah, that, that's something Nintendo needs to work on with these. But that's, uh, I think it should be a setting. Games. I think it should be a setting. Some people would a prefer setting. to play it with it, and some people would prefer not to. I would sure. just not. I would just like to not have the rooms. I'm thinking <laughs> Dread right now, where like you have to go into the room and put your gun hey, on the thing guy. and but, then have the thing spin and then get out of the room and go back to what you're doing. I would like to just like press a button or go into a room and then go out of a room or like something quick. What about what about the rooms in Resident Evil games? 
it's a nice little safe haven from all the monstrosity, all the horrors from outside that room, right? Yeah. That's a, that's the exact same thing for ah! the Prime series. For for the Metroid ah! games. With, really? with, with Resident Evil, though, it's a little different because... I'm those, using that as an example. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> the reason why those take being time stopped. and whatever are just because you're you're scared yes it's the same reason why in horror games it's kind of essential because the save point almost serves as the sanctuary safe place so you want there to be uh like uh, just even if it's a quick obstacle to where you're not safe until you're safe safe. if you're alone on a desolate alien planet where anything and everything hold on that's not what i'm saying where anything and any anything and everything can kill you You'd want these safe spaces. I'm not saying Prime is scary. It's not. But Metroid, regardless of what title it is, including the Prime games, still gives off these uh, feelings of anxiety and dread and all that stuff. In the Space Pirate um, mi- or the Phase on Mines, I get so anxious while going towards there because it's infected with Metroids and Space Pirates. So whenever I see a save space, a save room, I'm like, thank God, and it say and it recharges my health and stuff, you know. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I get that. I'm just saying it could be quicker. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, have save rooms. I'm fine with that. But have a reason for there to be save rooms. Right. Uh, Talking about small details, uh, the loading screens, like I, the like the elevators for the remaster for Prime. Anyway, for regardless for all the Prime games. Whenever you're like going to an, another section, like um, transitioning between like the main hub to like the next area, there's usually elevators, and it's like a nice cinematic motion thing of you know Samus riding an elevator. It's like a seamless transition, but it's hot, hidden as a loading screen. It's it's the equivalent. The modern equivalent is like going in between uh, a Thai place in the wall or whatever and you're like crawling and stuff and that's like a loading screen yeah that same equivalent it is so nice it's well nowadays games have gotten really good with that seamless that's true loading where you like uh i think uncharted 4 is a great yeah. example i don't with the exception of like changing scenes mm-hmm. there are no loading screens in uncharted 4 if right. i remember correctly somebody can correct me on this <laughs> um but like uh and even even the last of us too also uh that came out after so obviously (laughs) uh where you you have these like just your the loading happens because you go into a smaller room that allows this room to get that whole area reported to get boof gone and the next area to be generated um i think metroid prime 3 does it the best because um the loading screen of going between area and area planet to planet is like the gunship flying and stuff, and I love the design of the gunship in three too, and it's just nice and cool. Dude, I, I'm, uh, I think I'm excited the, seeing this remaster, uh, and then just like diving through the prime games again. I'm excited for four because I'm so hyped. They, there's there's <laughs> been so much time to learn lessons. Yeah, and with the way Dread was done, I don't know if you noticed this, but <clears throat> it's like. there's not a lot of backtracking and despite not really knowing where you're supposed to go, you know where you're supposed to go. Right. I only got lost. You're supposed to go up. I I only got lost in dread once. Right. Um, You're supposed to go up, but also not really. You know what I mean? You kind of go in some circles. Oh yeah. Uh, But the story uh, leads you between places based off the upgrades you get. um, And also where those upgrades, like acquiring those upgrades will lead you to the next place you need to go. It's a, it's all subtle and seamless to just keep you on track. So if they learn that in the 2D game and they're able to implement that in the next game to where there doesn't need to be the prime hints that most people just disable. Um, right. It, there's There doesn't need to be uh, heavily obvious pointers to the player like a cutscene that draws your camera to a specific <laughs> direction. Right. Um, I think Nintendo... Uh, has gotten to the point and I could be wrong on this mm. uh, where they know how to guide the player without the player realizing it. Yeah, I would say so. And that's why I'm not mad or upset of how long it's taken to get anything from that's crime crazy. for it's crazy, like a crazy amount of the amount of development time. It's just, I wonder well, they why. had to re-scrap it yeah, because they, they didn't like what Bandai Namco was doing with it. So they gave it back to retro studios and it's like, let's start from scratch. 
go. <laughs> yeah, it, and that was in 2017 to like 2019, okay. and then now. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Six years development time, not that bad. Yeah, it's just because Nintendo <clears throat> is like for these games is very no, I want to say perfectionist, but they they want they have a standard of quality that needs to be met. Yeah. So when two years of development gets wasted by a company that didn't really see the vision for the game, Nintendo will just scrap it, um, which is unfortunate for all of us who are waiting. It's unfortunate Nintendo, they're losing money in this. Right. But it's always nice to see because it shows that Nintendo at least somewhat still cares they about care. the quality for certain oh, titles. Oh, yes, they do. No, for only certain titles, though. <laughs> they really love to, sh- to shove out those $60 games that are more like... Ten dollar game, and that's why I love that Prime Remastered is only forty dollars, dude. It, they're there's man for a remaster that's kind of expensive for a well done remaster too. Uh, well, it's a remaster that is uh brought from GameCube graphics to Switch graphics, which is already a huge jump. Even Wii, but you know? yeah, even Wii. But then also, it's the gameplay is ported to work with the Switch, not yes. just in uh the process the, the the cpus and whatever uh again not a game dev that normally uh you need to change for a port or a remaster or whatever but then there's also that work with the controller i imagine joy con joy con controller code is not that similar to wiimote controller <laughs> code which means a whole lot of figuring things out again right and maybe even i haven't played the remaster but maybe they implement some of those extra joy con features that i know are in there like the joy con has the like uh it's a lot better at sensing the position it's in yes and it has the internal rumble that does a lot of yeah. diff- that can do a lot of different senses a yeah. lot of different places do you get 100. that in prime remastered i i feel like i do okay that's at least that's my feeling it might feel different for other people but like i feel like it's very accurate and it's very responsive yeah when using uh as as like the wemo for and, sure and that's stuff that, that's stuff that takes time yeah like it, it's t- unrewarding time too because it's not like you're making a game and like you get to see the fruits of your labor and this whole new thing that's never been around before with a remaster all the things that you're making have already existed the the things that you're churning out aren't anything new by any means yep. it's probably a lot of unf- a lot of unfulfilling work yeah so for a 40 dollar price tag i'm just happy it's not 60 <laughs> <laughs> and i'm happy that this might just open the doors of Prime 2 and 3 getting a remastered uh, version as well before 4. One, like, knock I want to say about 3. I don't like the motion controls in 3 because there's, like, a lot of gimmicks. Like, there's the standard Wii stuff, right? But, like, you also got to do, like, extra gimmicky stuff with it, like, turn and then push and pull. It's dumb. But but the motion <laughs> controls in 2 and 1, freaking phenomenal. And, like, you know, just I mean, base, you know me. I don't like motion controls. That's why you get to switch it around on the Switch version, on the remastered version. So yeah. like, yeah. Anyways, um, we're running out of time. But play Prime. Play the Prime games. It's w- worth your time. I would say get the Prime trilogy on the Nintendo eShop for the Wii U for $20. But it's gone now. Yep. Oh, well. Um, but I mean, <laughs> uh, it's kind of the only way right now is emulators at the same or get time. Get the actual physical uh, copy, no, yeah. which is expensive. Emulators. <laughs> emulators are more likely. Um, but but what I would also say is I just it, it kind of relates to here, but it's a little off topic. Uh, Nintendo really has shown a trend of trying mm-hmm. to br- to put everything on the Switch. Yep. Um, and like. Uh, people don't really talk about it a lot, but the NES, SNES, uh, now the N64 and GameCube, uh, or not GameCube. Or did they add GameCube? No. Not yet. But the N64, N64. Um, the, those little eShop things that, uh, subscriptions that have been brought in. Yeah, online. Um, sh- they've, they've been constantly adding more games that just haven't really been talked about. Like, if you go into yeah. the NES thing now... They add new stuff every com- month. Compared to when the thing first came out, God. there are so <laughs> many more titles, so many. man. And, like, um, good titles, too. Yeah. 
good um, and like it isn't weird. All, it isn't all just uh, <laughs> or NES tennis where you're no. like, oh, I don't want to play that. But but there's a lot of like uh, it's good games. A lot of good games that are finally being brought back. So the I think, Switch is like the main platform to play Metroid games now. Yeah, with Fusion being on it. Oh my god, it's my favorite game. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like if you're honestly patient, I think uh, OG Prime will probably get brought with the if whenever they're able to do a GameCube. Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. Uh, the yeah. game, GameCube brought in because they're gonna like it's just the trend. They've added the NES, they added SNES, yeah, they added the N64. They haven't been saying that they're gonna add each yeah. successive console, but, but I think happen. at least up till the GameCube. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Wii maybe Ooh, it's a little, it's a little, might maybe. be a little different because the Wii is it's kind of its own thing. And yeah. also, if they brought Wii like the OG Wii Sports back on a, or a subscription thing, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that would cause chaos. I think good chaos, but would it cost? I think it will like incentivize people. But well, that's what I'm it. saying. Oh, okay. Like, I see what you it's going to be tons of people like wanting a switch yeah. now or wanting to open up their switch again just because of that the eShop gets loaded and super yeah. laggy <laughs> because everyone wants to play Wii Sports again. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is all like speculative me. But yeah. what what I can tell for sure is we will be seeing a lot more older games on the Switch. So if you're looking to play Prime, but you're also not really looking to do the work of getting an emulator or finding a super expensive physical copy or going back. <laughs> I and, have a physical copy and I'm so happy. Yeah. Can or I, asking Jared for his physical copy. This is actually a, a fun, tiny story. Uh, one day I was just randomly, uh, I was coming back home to my grandparents' house one day and she's, she says she found a box like in a closet or in the garage or something. It was like full of movies and games or some games or whatever. And she's like, here, go through, see what you want. I'm going through it. I see some cool old movies and stuff. I see like The Sims 2 on for the oh, Xbox yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then the last thing I see, Metroid Prime Trilogy, the steel steel case uh, cover or the steel book cover with the game in it, just a physical copy of Metroid Prime Trilogy. I'm like, no freaking way. This is like worth hundreds right now. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Sick. So, so if you don't want to have to dig through your old things like Jared, <laughs> just wait a little longer. I, I do genuinely think that these the next Prime oh, yeah. games will be either remastered or brought along with a GameCube slash Wii, uh, maybe, uh, yeah. thing to switch. It'll take a few years. Yeah. It'll take a few years. Be a while. But there are plenty of other great games to play. Like, yeah. if, you, if you're in a rush, get an emulator. Oh, and... Just so, just in case I didn't make this clear, I never owned a physical copy of the Prime Trilogy, so I don't know where Wait, it came from. Oh, so you? Uh, they, no, that's, that's a what very I'm saying. Important part of this. That's story. what I'm saying. <laughs> so I never owned stole it. Stole some some poor kids Metro. I have now. no idea where it got where it came from. She doesn't know. It was just showed up it's randomly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode here on Razzle Dazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on TikTok at Razzle underscore Dazzle underscore Show. Be sure to tune in every Thursday on the Live 365 app Eagle Radio Station from 12 to 1 where we are live and get to hear to the amazing soundtrack of the Metroid Prime Trilogy. And we'll see you next mission. This is Samus Aaron signing off.